0: Welcome to the Only Dream Big podcast, starring your host, Donny Bedney. Only Dream Big is a podcast where Donnie will share tips and experiences on different topics, such as acquisition entrepreneurship, human capital, and the future of the workforce. He is the president of PSP Metrics and has been in the assessment and human capital management industry for more than 15 years, with the goal of driving change through people. As your guide on dreaming big, Let's hear from the man himself. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Only Dream Big Pod. I am your host, Donnie Bedney. So excited this morning to uh, have an individual that I've been blessed to build a relationship with over the years, Jim Clifton, uh, on the show with me today. Jim, thank you for joining us.
1: My pleasure, and it's, it's it's great to
0: see you, Donnie always always my friend we say we need to do this more frequently so uh it'll be interesting to record some of our conversations and share it with the world to uh hopefully give them some wisdom today um so jim i know we we talked a little bit um you know just prior to and um part of what you know is kind of a standard for us on this show is to go back and you can take us back as you know far as you want um, but as you think about you know your own dreams, right? And I don't know how many times people ask you about your dreams because you're so busy uh, you know running an organization that's asking other people uh, about some of their hopes, dreams, uh, you know engagements, desires, et cetera. Um, but did you see yourself running uh, you know kind of a global enterprise uh, like a Gallup organization? Uh, and if so, uh, at what point did it kind of, you know, uh, I'll say, materialize for you uh, before you started started taking action steps towards that?
1: Well, <clears throat> you know, I think I've been fortunate, Donnie. You know, I started a, a few companies like when i was in college and like some weird stuff like trails west history tapes you know they were those cassette boxes and oh uh wow even out in the mid there wasn't that much history in the midwest by the way but and then i started a little chain of handmade markets they didn't do that there they weren't very good ideas by the way but but um i had i had something happen to me in life where i (laughs) I got good at interviewing so i i got a job at a youth prison out in western nebraska i'm from nebraska as you know but you're right mm-hmm. anyway, but, but i interviewed every single kid in there and I, I really liked interviewing and i got i was so curious but hmm. i i knew that could never be a job where you just interview people <laughs> but, but then the governor of nebraska this is so long ago um had a a project, and he wanted people. He wanted interviewers to stand in rest areas and interview people because nobody stopped going through Nebraska. So you're just driving mm-hmm. from New York to Los Angeles. You try to get through that prairie, ten- uh, prairie state as fast as you can. Sure. You know, and so we have the questionnaire. And Donnie, there were hardly surveys back then. You know, like people I would interview, they'd never been, they'd never taken a survey. What is this? You know, that kind of a thing. <laughs> but I thought nobody would answer them because there were questions like, how much money do you have, and where are you going to sleep tonight, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> how far are you? But I think this is crazy. And I asked him how everybody answered the questions. And they, I couldn't even get him to stop the interview because I got paid by interview. Yeah. But I went up to my friend and I said, uh, I can answer the governor's whole. I don't even, need, they don't even need to add this up or hire a bunch of college. Per- I, can, I can figure the whole thing out just from this. And I, I thought about that for a long time. Tell time, I said to this friend of mine, I said, You know, we I think we could make a business out of this where we go interview customers. And what we were talking about, of course, is market research, which is pretty new back then. Okay. So we borrowed five thousand bucks and uh, started a market research company. The reason I wanted to tell you that, Donnie, is that I it was a dream come true at that moment. You know, I've talked, to, I'm not sure wow. I ever had was more inspired or anything because at the age of about 24. Cargill was one of my first big accounts, and I'd mm. go interview mm-hmm. cattle ranchers, cattle feeders. I got really good at ag products, uh, seed corn, yeah. that kind of thing. But I'd walk into a room with just a complete wacko nerd, you know, guy from Lincoln, Nebraska, and I'd have real executives come in. But you know what it was? was the fact that I had been talking to their cut, co- not my interviewers, it was me. I'd do the focus groups myself, call them on a the phone myself. I was the interviewer and everything. Yeah. But but I was an expert on their on their customers, and as I always say, customers are the cl- closest thing to cash flow. Sure. And but I mm. thought it, not only was it a dream come true, but in my, my my funny little company, I thought I was the smartest guy in the world. And I'm pretty, as you know, I'm pretty far from being smart. Pretty far from being smart. <laughs> but I realized a dream because I i've always had a pretty good ego but it's funny for me to go interview your customers and come back and tell you what they said um uh completely fulfills my ego because i just think Mm. that i really helped i I think i helped you infinitely i told you what they think what you can do and all that yeah and but to answer your question i think i'm kind of like the frog that 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 you warmed up rather than just throw because i never really saw it come we kept building that thing it got got big yeah and um, finally Gallup came up for sale. everybody tried to buy it and they and they sold it to, as they said the Jim and the Hillbillies from Nebraska over New York Times the Wall Street Journal and everybody else oh but I think they knew our mission was more like their dad's uh, Doc, Doc, you it. know really famous American dr. Gallup yeah but don't <laughs> I and you know, I just turned seventy, and how I I'm doing the same thing I did when I was twenty four just just you know we're working on so amazing. really yeah the everybody from the white House and stuff came over to the building the other day that and they want us to help them on the immigration problem, mm. but you know from so from you know from from cattle feeders to immigration and we're working on uh, world world hunger, modern slavery, all kinds of things, it sounds yeah. like it's really heady stuff but it's about the same thing we go and interview the people and write down how their lives are going and what they need and then you'll report it and um but so it's a strange answer but i i feel like i'm doing i've been doing the same thing you know something for your that's fantastic listeners is that you know if i i got a job i had an offer to run a chain of mexican restaurants my research was so strong everything they at a very young age, he said, why don't you just, let's make him president, let him just run a damn thing because he understands justice. I think if I would have jumped out and done that, I think my yeah. career would not have gone well. But so what I've done is I've done the same thing for, mm-hmm. for uh, 45 years. And so you yeah. get compounded learning. So hmm. I compete against people. At MIT, and like that, are way smarter than I am. Yeah. But they don't have 45 years of experience on exactly the same thing. So then I, but the but the experience, it, it shows you that the turtle can beat the yep. hare. Um, yeah. And when I compete against them, I mean, it, it, my team and I are almost impossible to beat.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So that's my, that's, well, that's my
0: and, and there's, man, there's so many directions we could go with that, Jim, uh, at some point. And maybe we'll just cover that one offline. But uh, I definitely want to. You dropped a gem when you were talking about. You always say, you know, customers are cl- uh, the closest thing to cash flow. Uh, and out of all of our conversations that we've had, I don't remember you ever telling me that before. So that that one we'll have to unpack at some point. But l- let's stick with kind of this dream piece, right? And so, um, you know, it how how would somebody? And and I know that you you mentioned you reflected on, you know, asking questions and you know some other pieces, and then you talked about one of the most powerful things in the world, right? Compound interest. So you do it over 45 years and the same thing over and over again, you build this competitive advantage. Um, Do you have any, we'd like to share practical and pragmatic tips, you know, for folks so they could kind of leave, but do you have any, maybe an exercise or uh, maybe even a thought process that folks could go through to say, hey, you know, out of all the different things that I do, Maybe this is something um, that I should think about working on for the next 45 years. Because it seems like you just kind of, you, you were trying to figure that out, right, in, in a couple different businesses. Maybe you didn't know it was going to go 45 years, but um, it, you appeared to have kind of a, a natural uh, talent for it, you know, a passion. And you mentioned the word curiosity, so that seems like something that's really, really important, um, you know, as well, but as you think about characteristics and maybe even some next steps uh, or things that people could look for in activities or you know careers and stuff that they're currently participating in, you know, what's a good way to kind of experiment and begin moving towards you know finding something that you could focus on, uh, and you use the the tortoise and the hare. So, um, kind of a a big question, but curious about some of your thoughts there. <clears throat>
1: I think, first of all, you got to believe, Donnie, that this, what seem like pretty small, practical jobs, that they can explode into something pretty unbelievable. You know, mm. for, my, for me running focus groups in Nebraska with a, a pretty low level, uh, you know, I was look back on it. You know, I was doing f- focus groups at Holiday Inns with hog farmers. Yeah. And, uh, so you say, well, well, that's too bad that's all that guy can do. Well, what I was thinking was, this is the greatest job in the world I thought I had world. the greatest job in the world But yeah. the point <laughs> but the point is <clears throat> is it every once in a while you'll do something where it just really feels good you do it you'll and, and you get a kick out of doing it more than you do watching NFL footballer or any, mm. know, whatever you like yeah um, um and, and and so I was lucky enough I found something like like that I oddly almost became a so when I was a kid my first full-time adult-like job was at 15 and I got the head job as a Wrangler at a YMCA camp and I took kids up and down the uh, to look out points six times at six different camper uh, groups a day yeah but I got so much satisfaction because the kids were afraid to get on the horses and I'd help them get through their fear We'd ride up and, and, boy, they felt like they were, like, like it, it changed their lives, seriously. Yeah. Look, you know, they're, they're not very big and they're afraid of these great big horses and everything would be fine. But I almost, I mean, I even went out, I don't know how old I was, maybe 22. But I was yeah. going to, I was trying to get financing. I'll start my own dude ranch, uh, right? So, you and I are talking like this, but our lives were almost, you'd, Calling me saying, Jim, can I bring a group out to your dude ranch? <laughs> but, they, but you know, if you find something that you do where it doesn't feel like work, yep. you lead a different life than the rest of the world. And But it does,
0: mm-hmm. you know, there's
1: a guy that I got to know here in town, and so all he was was just a bartender. Mm. And his name's Jose Andreas, one of the most famous uh, chefs in the world. And so was all he is is the bartender. But I was asking him, how'd you get here? But he, this was years ago. But he said at night here, back there, that they'd, he'd close the bar at one. This is Wild West here in town. It'd be Tip O'Neill, Ronald Reagan time. But he said the senators and everybody would come in, and they'd start drinking. And, and and back then, you could buy senators' drinks. Now you can't. Or you could just leave a tab open. So like shell yeah, well sure. could just leave that. And he said it would be Tip O'Neill and gigantic world leaders, Sure. And they would say, and he'd say it's closing time, they'd say, well, close it up. But they don't leave. <laughs> and then they would then they would ask him to sit at the table with them. I just love yep. stuff like this. And Jose said that they would allow him in the conversation when they were talking about what to do with the well, the Russians. That's kind of funny this morning, isn't it, that we're talking about that. Right. But, yeah. but he said the conversations that can go on in a cafe and a restaurant, he said, are, uh, you know, the, 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 the greatest, you know, kind of job or life that you can, and he said, I never wanted to leave that. So, it was, what I wanted to do is I wanted to have a cafe, and, you know, now he's got them, you know, all, all over the world, and he might be the, and, you know, he's super rich, but what, what um, he was named one of the 50 most influential people in the world by Time Magazine. Wow. because Because, but see, the point is, you have a job where you think you're just running a little focus group company, or you think you're just a bartender. Man, yep. put a dream, put a dream to it, but 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 imagine an importance that's true. Mm-hmm. And you know what Jose thought about it? Maybe I can change the world from from here. But they're in the university. You go to the university, so you don't have to become Jose Andreas. Think about that one for a for a that's while. That's crazy.
0: You know? The irony. Yeah. That's the irony. You know, it, and, you know, as you talk about that, I, um, I've told this to a few people and I'll, I'll say it today. Um, you know, growing up, at, you know, I grew up in a, in a really small uh, country town. Technically, it's not even a town. It's, it's a village, right? In Southwest Michigan. So Midwest boy uh, as well. Two stoplights. Um, when we got the second stoplight, that was a big deal. Um, but, you know, all my Friends and stuff or own farms or whatever else. And so what, what I've said is it, it's interesting how people um, will tell you, hey, you know, get good grades so you can get into the best college that you can uh, so you can get a great job with an amazing company. Uh, and for those of us who are blessed to, you know, kind of climb this corporate ladder and get all the way to the top, um, it's interesting that uh, at times, and I, I can only say this for me, you get to the top only to realize that that ladder was up against the wrong wall the whole time. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, to your point, it, it, a lot of the folks that I've had the pleasure of having conversations with on here and otherwise, they literally have been able to do something that they have a passion for a curiosity, almost an energy behind when they do it <laughs> and whether or not as um What's the saying? You know, do not uh, do not despise uh, small beginnings. Um, you know, they're they're able to kind of just continue plugging away. Um, you know, at whatever this thing is, um, and typically it's something where they're looking to solve some sort of problem or challenge, either that they've had personally or that they've seen others have, uh, and it gives them you know some sort of drive to just kind of continue to sustain. So I'm, I'm seeing kind of that, that thread in some of the things that you're sharing today.
1: Yeah, a big part of that, too, is that I, I think that myself and you and others, you, you can't write it down. It's kind of hard to bring out. But we have a pretty serious need for freedom and mm, mm-hmm. in, in independence. And yep. it's not as much that I don't want to have a boss Mm-hmm. is when I get up in the morning I want to be able to dream anything I want.
0: Yeah. Woof. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that is good. We're going to put a reel out uh about that one. That is um that is true. Very true. Very true for me. Um Jim, i I'm going to pivot us just for a second. Um that but that is an absolute truth for me. You mentioned your team earlier, right? And and one of our subtitles is just uh, driving change through people. And and you spoke about, you know, of course, compound interest, um, but you also made a statement, you know, it, how that compound interest along with your team, when you go into a room, you know, to have a conversation or anything else, like your influence in that room, right? And, it, and it's very hard if you're going up against, et cetera, uh, to compete. As you think about, um, you know, waking up in the morning and having a big dream, um, I know that you have uh, an amazing ability to kind of spot talent, Um, you know, and some of that's, you know, the science and all of that. But how do you think about identifying talent to kind of go on this journey with you when you have a dream of, you know, the world pole? Or you know it, any any huge massive you know dream that you've had? How do you go about identifying people um, to kind of help you bring that uh, dream to reality?
1: You know the if you know much about Gallup, you've heard about StrengthsFinder. We renamed it after its founder, Clifton Strengths. That's not and. I didn't have anything to do with it. It's a different Clifton, but, but so, but, you know, as you go, Donnie, when I first started out, I had to do everything. So I had to kind of manage the place, manage the interviewers and all that. And I'm not that good a manager and I don't care, but sometimes you got to do it. And then you hire somebody that's a lot better than you to do that. Because Mm -hmm. what I do is I go see people and give them ideas on something they can study where they can make change and all Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. But what's happened to me, and it really helps being in this Gallup environment, is over my forty five years I kept getting closer to my strengths. Mm. So so like today, I'll spend like I won't spend any time at all outside my strengths. I got some mm. hard things to do, but because they're my strengths and But when you start out, you're, boy, you're doing a lot of things that that, that are hard for you to do because you, you just don't. It's a task that you don't quite have a capacity to perform, but then you get bigger. Mm. But I, I look at people the same way. So we had a guy here. I'm going to say he's just an editor. That's a cruel remark. Because all he does is sit at his desk and all of that and do that kind of thing. Yep. And that's all he is. Mm-hmm. Well, then we start taking him to clients, and he'd show up with clients, and clients would go, can you bring that guy back again? That was here? Which one? Did, did? Well, it was because he got to know the clients so well, but he has a huge ability to learn, so he has learner and input real high as strengths, mm-hmm. and, bring, and he'd kind of make all of us look bad in a nice way because he's a real nice guy, but he knew the business, he knew everything that we're doing, knew the implications, yep. but he was the smartest friggin' guy in the room. This mm. low level editor,
0: <clears throat> yeah,
1: the guy that's head of our our partner group, John, whom you know, but anyway, he said, Why don't we put him on partner track? And I said, You can't, he's just an editor. But see, the see that how I see how dumb it is for me to say that. Wow, and John yep. said, The problem, I said, He can't sell, he can't negotiate, he can't do anything like that, he's just an editor. And yep. John said, <laughs> and John said <clears throat> I know, but what he does is what clients want. They don't want salesmen and editors and, and, yeah. and negotiators, and he said I can support. When it to negotiate, I got, I'll do it, or Bipol will do it, or somebody else. What's really hard yeah. to bring is for clients say, bring that guy back here because every time he's, you see the point.
0: Yeah, but, absolutely.
1: Which what I try to do is find. If somebody has a really unusual strength, mm. that, that's what I A lot of people. There's some people you can just spot, like our common Fred or and Justin. But the first time I met him, but, but see, everybody's not like that. And where with Justin yep. it explodes out of his his body's exploding,
0: yeah, with
1: energy and charisma and positivity oh and all that. But 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 that editor that editor's uh, was our number one partner in the world last week. Or last wow. year. Wow. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> and, um, and, um, but so there's a lot of people where you can't, where it's not visual. Okay. Um, but so I try to, as I'm watching people, I always think about Jose Andreas, just a bartender. Yep.
0: Yeah.
1: But, but let him get out with the customers and let's see what happens.
0: Yeah.
1: So... But you know, another thing you got to do, That's Donnie, good. is you got to you, you got to be watching. You know, so you don't just so I kind of make it a thing. You know, where you know, if I go somewhere, I'll be looking around or talking to somebody, and, and you, then you get
0: a feeling. You go, I wonder if this person's got something, mm. and I start learning about them. That's powerful, man. I, I think, <clears throat> I think it's. I think that's one of the challenges that folks have. Um, and you are emphasizing you know, some of the, the positive things, which is, what's the, um, what's the other saying? They, uh, that there's a reason why we have one mouth and two ears um, and also two eyes, frankly. Um, so the, the ability to observe, ask questions, and then truly listen um and think about whatever your objective is and then find more people who can literally help you move towards that objective um because you understand like hey here's the part that i can play in this but let me surround myself with others so that we can actually go far and make this thing happen um
1: those oh strengths and you can be so
0: um
1: specific I think most yeah. people think well so he's gets real good at learning about clients and understanding everything like that yeah i know it but it's but it's not what you think it's extraordinary how he does yeah. it you see what i mean where you say well he's just a bartender can anybody but no no. it's got to be an extraordinary one.
0: yeah <laughs> you,
1: can't, <clears throat> you can't you get the point but it's not it doesn't have to be that that he split the atom or that she you know figured out the van allen belt and low yep. orbiting magnetic it doesn't have to be that it can be very small things that you can explode and mm-hmm. into, into building something with no limits
0: yeah yeah that's what we want to do people to build with no limits
1: <laughs> that Guy, i think you know do you ever have, did you ever i brought we ever here at Gallup, and i brought a friend around named roy spence yes I do. I remember Roy. He's he's like, <laughs> so he's in high school. I just on a program in all places in El Paso with him recently. But, but anyway, he's everybody knows his story, but he's a guy in high school, um, goes to U- University of Texas. He's He's, you know, he's a poor student, and, but anyway, something happened, but he starts an ad agency in his thing, he eventually, but, but while he was in high school, he's got quite a problem, because he cannot spell, and so it's pretty bad, you know, for being a junior or senior in high school, or I mean, he spells like a third grader, and anyway, people liked him, he was, he, he quarterbacked the state championship football, team. you know, so he was a guy, and he's He's uh, really entertaining and all that. But this, but anyway, all the attention in high school came on him about that That he's an idiot. You know, look at this stuff. You know, you can't, can't spell it off. Finally, one teacher came out scratching her head. And she said, yeah, but have you seen what he's writing? Have you read it? Forget the spelling. The spelling. And read it. And what they were reading... Was one of the great copywriters of the last 50 years. He was named the the, the single most creative guy of the last 50 years by the New York Advertising pa- Foundation. But see, we focused so much on what was wrong with him, it t- nobody could see. And yet you know, he's going to spend his. They're going to spend their. You know, the, he's going to spend his whole life trying to be. He said. Mm. <laughs> he said that. So he helped set up the Clinton Initiative. But he said that when he would type in initiative. To this day, he can't yep. get it close enough where spell check can recognize it. <laughs> but but you know it's funny. I thought of him because I got down. The, I got to call him today because yep. his gift is just words. Can you imagine somebody? Applying for a job, you almost have yep. to start your own company because nobody will buy into what that one single gift is. But yep. he can choose words and put them in a line where you go, "Holy!" Well, the the whole campaign is "Don't mess with Texas." He changed littering in this country with one campaign; the whole country followed it. And and uh, Amazing. But, but, but yeah, you can change the world with just being not being able to spell, but be good with be good with words.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, wow. Um, there is uh there's a lesson there man and and i, I wish we could continue um because unfortunately we 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 don't have all day uh although i know both of us like to start our days a little bit earlier but so 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 good um to be able to start my day with you this morning uh and appreciate the energy and and wisdom frankly that, that you shared this morning um around so many things jim so uh Maybe it and may may not be this year, but um, maybe next year, we'll be able to have you back, uh, you know, as a guest, and and maybe spend a little bit more time, and we can figure out a way to to do it live. Um, you know, maybe I'll have you in in uh, in Pittsburgh, or I'll swing out to DC, and we'll uh, we'll record something live. But this has been absolutely amazing.
1: Okay, man. Yeah, but I'll I'll probably see you here in Washington. You, you uh, just next time you pass through, well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely,
0: the, absolutely. I'll I'll come the, and find you. You know, just just curious. You know, it, uh, from a social perspective, or you know, where can people find you? Uh, you know, LinkedIn. Do you have a, a Twitter account or something that we can <laughs> follow for, you know, some of these one-liners and and other things?
1: No, that I put. If I have something called the Chairman's Blog. Okay, and so so I have a that most of them are. They're not necessarily timed. I don't really. I don't write on Russia or that kind. Of, I write on kind of stuff like we've been talking about. Okay. But if you go to if you go to Gallup and you look around on there, you find something called Chairman's Blog. Okay. And I got a book coming out. Jim Harder and I are writing one on, um, you know the, you know they're they're calling it. The, I think you and I are just talking now. I suppose your show's over, but they're calling it the Great Resignation. Oh Mm -hmm. people are just kind of shifting around a little bit and that'll be over. What it is is the massive disruption. Our data shows people aren't coming back to work at all like 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 Wall Street, you know, like the New York Times and Wall Street Journal right about. Boy, when we when we do our interviewing and all that, people people like being at home. Yeah. Not having the the three answers, Donnie, are when we say how come you don't thirty percent of people that can fifty five percent of 125 million jobs can work from home. And, yep. and and uh, 30% of them want to not be in the office at all. 60% want a blend, and the blend is two days a week, and I think it's about one and a half. Only 10% sure. want to go there. And we say, why do, you, why do you not want to come in anymore? Well, number one is the commute. Number two mm-hmm. is it's better for my well-being, and number three is it's better for my family. Mm-hmm. And as I always say, you know, add those together, and good luck on trying to command employees to come in with, with, with you know, with that barrier between you yeah. and the, uh, <laughs> but So we'll we're going to try to figure that. out a, a whole different way to manage. But I'll be doing quite a bit of blogging with that. Uh, okay. uh, my, 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 chair, my, chair, my chairman's blog, I, you know, just kind of a
0: observation. We'll, we'll, that, we'll get a know, link of the chairman's blog, and we'll we'll put it in, uh, in the show notes uh, for the recording. So this has been great, man. I really appreciate okay. it. Always a pleasure, Donnie. <laughs> See you later. All right. Okay, Perfect. bye. Talk soon man folks um what a powerful powerful uh, conversation uh with jim clifton really enjoyed that i hope that you all got a number of jewels uh and nuggets from that conversation uh as you all know always love sharing practical and pragmatic things for you to go ahead and take and apply to your life thank you again for tuning in this week uh look forward to tuning in next week Uh, For our next episode, very excited about the next conversation we're having. I'm going to keep it a secret, uh, but I think that you all will enjoy it. Have an amazing week. Don't forget, only dream big. Peace.